want you to go to the book of Jude tonight, the book of Jude, and walk through a few verses here tonight on the, the subject, earnestly contend for the faith. Earnestly contend for the faith. I'm going to take, we'll read the first three verses, but the main message will come from verse 3, as you'll see in a moment as we read it. It says in verse 1 of the book of Jude, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. And thank God that we're not only saved in Jesus Christ, but preserved in Jesus Christ. I'm not preserved of my own merit or my own ability. It is all through Jesus Christ. It says in verse 2, Mercy unto you, and peace and love be multiplied. And then verse 3, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Let's read verse 4. For there are certain men crept in unawares, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we again come to you in the name of Jesus, again thanking you that we're saved by Jesus Christ, Father, that we're preserved by the power of Jesus Christ, and we're so thankful that it rests in you, not in us. Father, we pray that everyone here tonight has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that they're truly a child of God, saved by grace through faith. I pray that you would meet with us tonight. May your word go forth as it is directed by the Holy Spirit, that your spirit would walk up and down this place, touching hearts, changing hearts, convicting hearts. And Father, that your will would be done, that you would be honored and glorified. And help us at the end of all of this, give you the honor, the glory, and the praise. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. As you see here in verse 3, when he says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, uh, Jude is talking about, obviously, salvation uh, by grace through faith that he wanted to communicate with these individuals about. And there's nothing more supreme that you and I can talk about than salvation through Jesus Christ. It is the bedrock of, of who we are, what we are. It is the foundation of who we are. But he says as he goes on, he was going to talk about that, but then he says it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith. And he's talking about there when he says it was needful, Jude is telling these people, it was necessary that I write unto you and encourage or exhort you that you would earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto you. And as you look at those words, earnestly contend, that word earnestly means eagerly or having a real desire. So Jude is saying that I'm eagerly uh, asking you to contend, I have a real desire to encourage you, to exhort you, to contend for the faith. And then the word contend means to struggle in opposition, 
because we are in a real battle. There are foes out there. There are philosophies out there that are opposed to what you and I believe according to the Word of God. And he says, so I'm earnestly uh, having you earnestly contend that you and I would be eager, that we would have a real desire to struggle in opposition, to defend the faith, to preserve the faith. And then another way of thinking about it is to stand agonizingly, seriously for the faith that we have been given in Jesus Christ and through the Word of God. And so, as I've said already, we are in a real battle. We all signed up for it when we accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Uh, when you accepted Christ as your personal Savior, you were ushered into the family of God, the army of God, and the foes of the devil or the allies of the devil and all hell are against you and against me. And they do not want us to propagate the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, the devil doesn't want to see anyone come to know Jesus Christ as Savior, but have an eternity in hell. And we are to earnestly contend for the faith. My friends, we as Christians should be agonizingly serious about contending for the faith. A verse that uh, comes to mind is Revelation chapter 3, verse 2, where it says, strengthen the things which remain. We here at Gospel need to take our stand for God we need to proclaim the truth and cry out against error. That's what earnestly contending for the faith is about. It's taking a stand for God, taking a stand for the truth, and standing against error. And we're going to talk about how we can do this uh, a little bit tonight, appropriately and effectively for the Lord Jesus Christ. First of all, let me tell you that we need to contend with conviction. We need to contend with conviction. Jude again exhorts, exhorts us to earnestly contend for the faith. We do not need a new delivery of the faith. We do not need a new message. The message of Jesus Christ being born, living a uh, sinless life, dying on the cross, being buried, right, uh, rising again three days later, 40 days after that, ascending up into heaven to sit on the right hand of God, his, his shed blood, my friends, that's the message that we need to earnestly contend for. Because there are foes and opposition out there that are trying to change the salvation message. And salvation, according to Ephesians 2, 8, 9, is by grace through faith, that not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We need to earnestly contend for that faith. And so we do not need a new faith. We need the faith that the Word of God talks about. But we need to talk about and defend against opposition because people will come in, oh, uh, you can academically know Jesus. Uh, you can have a head knowledge of Jesus. You could pass a 10-point test on who Jesus was. That doesn't make you a child of God. It is when a man or woman, a young child, whoever it might be, repents, places their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did, and by God's grace, through the Holy Spirit's work of regeneration, you are birthed into the family of God. 
And once you are birthed into the family of God, as it said, we're preserved in Jesus Christ. Once you are birthed into the family of God, you are always a child of God. When I was birthed into the Crab family through my mother and father, well, mainly through my mother, but uh, birthing me and with my father's contribution, obviously, I am their child and will always be their child, no matter what I'm their child. And so are we uh, through the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And think about it. We owe a great debt to those who have taken a stand for the truth so that we can know it. I think of great men and even women in the past that have, stand, that have stood and earnestly contended for the faith. Uh, we have some pastors that have retired that uh, come to gospel, and I look at them, and I admire them for earnestly contending for the faith. Because I know there's opposition. I know there is movement to compromise on the standards of the Word of God. And they earnestly contended for the faith, and because of that, the pure gospel of Jesus Christ was proclaimed, the pure gospel of Jesus Christ was preached, and hundreds, thousands were saved because of them earnestly contending for the faith. And you and I need to do the same. We may get by without contending. We might get by without contending. But what's the next generation going to do? Oh, I'm saved and on my way to heaven, and I really don't care if anyone else goes to hell. That should not be a desire of a child of God. And in fact, if that is your desire, or you have that inward thought, I give you two options. Number one, you're a child of God, but far from God, because you're not sharing the heart of God. Because he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Or the second option is that you're not a child of God. And so we need to faithfully give to others the faith that we receive. And that's why, whether it be passing out tracts, handing out tracts, whether it be witnessing at work or at the store or somewhere else, uh, whether it be going out door to door, whether it be working on the bus ministry, whether it be teaching a Sunday school class, working in Awanas, working in all different aspects of the ministry here, uh, whether it be within the ministry or out personally, we need to be sharing, we need to be earnestly contending for the faith that is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 through 13, just a little statement that Paul makes to the Corinthians, we also believe and therefore speak. We speak it because we believe it. I pray that you believe it tonight. That Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. We must contend with Bible-based, Christ-honoring conviction. You think about it, we cannot waver from salvation. It is the only thing that will usher a man or woman into heaven. Counseling is not going to save anybody. Now, some people need counseling, but it's not going to save their soul. Some people need certain things in life, but it's not going to save their soul. It is salvation by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to earnestly contend because there are those out there that are deviating from this plan of salvation. And may we hear a gospel, may we personally never deviate from the wonderful gospel of Jesus Christ. His death, his burial, his resurrection, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 
But think about it. We also need not, we need to contend with conviction not only for salvation, but for Jesus. Jesus is condemned and downgraded. He's used as a curse word. I'm surprised that it's always God and Jesus that get that are used for curse words, not Muhammad and Allah. But I guess you use cursing from the real thing. And God's the real thing. Jesus is the real thing. Why curse from some false God? They don't do that. But Jesus Christ, we have to be careful, and we need to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto us, not only for salvation, but for Jesus Christ, that he was virgin born. Because it's amazing how many people out there in the name of religion that say, oh, I believe in Jesus, but they do not believe in his virgin birth. Now, can I explain the virgin birth? I can. God. I can explain it. It's God. How can I explain his, sin, his sinless life? Because some people say, oh, Jesus sinned. Jesus uh, was with Mary Magdalene. Uh, Jesus did this. Jesus did that. Jesus lived a sinless life. How did he do it? God. I can't explain his resurrection. How can someone rise themselves up from the dead when you're God? And we need to earnestly contend for the faith, not only in that, but in his physical, literal, visible ascension to heaven and his soon return, along with the second coming his pastor has talked about. We need to earnestly contend not only for salvation and for Jesus, because I want to stick up for Jesus. You know, think about this. When he was being crucified, where were all the people that he healed? Wouldn't it have been nice for someone out in the crowd, when Jesus was hanging there in agony, people were saying, if thou be the Son of God, come down. Wouldn't it have been nice for someone out there to yell, I'm for you, Jesus? It wouldn't have changed anything. He still would have bled and died. But someone could have said, hey, I was blind, now I see. I was lame, now I walk. I was on my deathbed and he healed me. And Jesus, I don't care what other people are saying about you. I'm for you. How about us? At work, with family, when they're condemning Jesus, when they're cussing God's name and Jesus' name, do we stand up and say, I'm for you, Jesus? Or do we just silently go into the background? earnestly contend for the faith. Think about baptism. We need to earnestly contend for baptism. Think about baptism. Going in a tank of water, being put under water, getting all wet, and coming up out of water. What's that about? To the world, it's ridiculous. But it's the command of God. To them that gladly received the word, were baptized. Jesus was baptized. His disciples were baptized. Uh, in the New Testament, when people got saved, they were baptized. But there's people that are trying to uh, change that and say that other forms of baptism are okay, are just as legitimate as water baptism by immersion. But my friends, we need to earnestly contend 
that we are water baptism by immersion. And think about earnestly contending for communion. You know, communion, when we partake of the unleavened bread and the pure fruit of the vine, that is not the body and blood of Jesus. That is a memorial supper, a remembrance. I mean, the Bible even says, this do in remembrance of me. It's not the literal body and blood of Christ because that means every time we took it, we would be crucifying him afresh. But there are some out there, opposition religious leaders, that are trying to appease the masses and not appease God that would change certain things and we need to earnestly contend for the faith. Just like the local church. I'm a firm believer in the local church. God works through this place. It, 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 it's like a base camp. Uh, heaven being the headquarters. And we're a base camp where we can get our orders and from here have an organized, concerted effort to go out and spread the gospel and live a godly life. Holiness. We need to earnestly contend for a sanctified life. We need to earnestly contend, just for a few other things, about the rapture that Jesus Christ is coming back for his church. Don't let anybody, uh, the, Paul told the Thessalonians, comfort one another with these words. Don't let anybody tell you, oh, Jesus has already come. Jesus is never coming. My friends, Jesus is going to come. He will split the skies. He will rapture us. And seven years later, he will come again, the second coming of Christ, and usher in his millennial reign. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. That's Bible. And we need to earnestly contend for the Bible, and we need to earnestly contend for the Bible. The Bible is God's word. It should be our final authority in every aspect of our life. It is inspired. It is God-breathed, and God has given it to us. Love it, cherish it, uh, read it, study it, memorize it, meditate upon it, and live it. How many of you tonight, I would have, but because I'm on call, if I forgot my phone at the house and you were just a little bit away from the house, how many of us would have turned around for our phone? How many of us would have turned around for the Bible? if we forgot it. We see people all day, and now I don't, Linda has my phone, but hopefully it's been quiet. And playing with their phone, right? It's, it's amazing, is it not? Uh, I'll walk into a room and someone will be texting and I'm standing there and waiting. You know, are you going to finish? Uh, you know, I, or they're playing the game. You know, time is precious for everybody. But how many people would probably jump into the ocean or jump off a cliff or jump off a bridge if their phone went? They have a passion about that iPhone or, or whatever they might be or the iPhone 7 or the iPhone 6 or whatever you might have. They have a passion for it. And God forbid if you forget it, if you lose it, do we have that same passion for the Word of God? See, that iPhone or whatever you might have will not usher you into heaven. It won't get you closer to God unless you're using Bible apps. But I'm going to tell you, this old-fashioned book 
will do a work in your life like none other. Because it is a lie. And it can change. And if you're in it, it can change you if you're in it. And so contend with conviction. We need to stand for the faith that was once delivered unto us so that not only we reap benefits from contending for the faith, but the next generation will reap benefit that they'll hear the gospel message and prayerfully be gloriously saved. So contend with conviction. Secondly, contend with compassion. Because after I just said all that I said, it can come across as hard and without compassion. But we need to contend with compassion. We need to lift up the truth in love. We that are giving out the gospel, we that are attempting to live for the Lord Jesus Christ, we should not be unafraid to preach the truth. People who love God will preach the truth, but they will do so with compassion. We must contend with compassion. Because as Christians, because sometimes we're looked at as unloving. But we are not down on sinners. We're down on sin. You know, we might get up here and, and teach and preach against homosexuality. Now, according to the book of Leviticus, and according to Romans chapter 1, that is an abomination to God. Now, do I hate the homosexual? No. I want them to come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. It's just like uh, any other aspect of ungodly living. If, Like when I have an addict come into my office, I don't look at them and hate them. I hate what they're doing because of the destruction that it's causing. But you, you love the individual. And may we realize that sometimes we can come across hardcore and we need to stand for the truth. We need to do what I just said in that first point, contending with conviction. But as we contend with conviction, may we contend with compassion and truly let people know that we love them. Because if I hated sinners, I would hate myself. I would hate you. Well, I'm not a homosexual. I'm not, you say this, I'm not a homosexual. I'm not a lesbian. Uh, I'm not an addict. Well, there's some sin that you partake in. You know, let, lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets you, Paul told, or I believe it was Paul telling us that. And so understand that we may help us, God, live the kind of lives that are devoted to Christ Jesus and that our lives would be given in service to others so that people may know that we genuinely love them. Love them. Have compassion. Here, there's people out there, many people out there, that are hurting. I told the Sunday school class this morning that I have one elderly lady that comes in on a basically a monthly basis. I really don't need to see her monthly, but she likes to come in monthly. So. 
And uh, you probably understand with certain pets, they just like to come in. Well, the pet owner, not, not the pet. So she comes in, and she tells me the same story. I could tell the story better than she does. And she thinks, and she doesn't have dementia, not that I'm aware of. Maybe I should diagnose her as such. But she tells me the same story. It's, it's kind of uh, a little bit of a different angle each time. And I think I could tell the story from each angle that she said. But you know what? She's lonely. She's got no one to talk to. Her family's all up north. They don't call her. They don't communicate with her. She doesn't know how to email or text. And the family doesn't call her much. And she's just lonely. She's hurting. And we're not sitting. This is not a jury box that you're sitting in today. This is a hospital for sick people. To come, and my my goodness, we are going to earnestly contend for the faith, my friends, right? But may we do it with compassion. I am not changing according to the word of God. If it says, thus saith the Lord, then thus saith the Lord, that's the way it is. But may it be equally mixed with God's compassion flowing through us. I tell the addicts that come into my office, I'm not here to criticize, condemn, or judge. I'm here to help them. Now, it's not that I condone what they've done, but I'm here to help. And so do we need. We need to contend for that. Contend with conviction. Contend with love. And then lastly, contend continually. Contend continually. Uh, Jude, as he's talking about contending for the faith, goes into verse 4 about some dangers that can occur. Men will creep in and seek to change what we believe is true according to the word of God. Let me just read verse 4 again. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Number one, they creep in unaware. They're very subtle. They can sit next to you and they can play the game. They can talk the talk. They can walk the walk. But as the Bible says, by their fruits you shall know them. They've crept in unawares. They can sneak in so insidiously. But these people, secondly, their condemnation was foretold God says, and he alludes to the fact in verse 4, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. God said that these people would exist. And according, thirdly, according to Romans chapter 16, verse 17, when we know people out there that are attempting to change the truth of the word of God, we as a group, we as individuals need to stand up and speak out against those individuals in compassion. Because we don't want anyone else to see. I don't want to see anybody end up in hell forever. You know, you think about a people that have done some horrific things in the past. Uh, I think of uh, 
it was, I was going to say a few months ago, probably a few years ago now, that a man in, I think it was Cleveland, Ohio, that had taken, I think, three ladies, they were younger when they were captured, and kept them in his home uh, and did ungodly things to them. And they, they thankfully found those late, they were ladies when they were found, but I believe he committed suicide. And even though he did those horrific things, it gives me no pleasure to think that he might be in hell tonight. Because it's just not for a small period of time. It's forever and forever and forever. And so sometimes we need to speak up against others because we don't want anyone to break hell wide open. We need to earnestly contend for the faith. We need to earnestly contend with conviction. My friends, know, get in the word of God and know what you believe. Be here for Sunday school so uh, we can teach you the word of God so you know thus saith the Lord. This is what God thinks about this situation. This is what I should do in this situation. This is what I should say in this situation. Earnestly contend with conviction. But secondly, again, contend with compassion. Have a heart for people. Let the love of God flow through us. I can't do it on my own because if I did it on my own, I'd be critical, I'd be condemning. But let the love of God flow through us so that people can see that we really care, that we really want to help, that we really want to see them saved and on their way to heaven and living a victorious, abundant life as John 10.10 10 tells us we can have. And then continue. Contend continually. Don't ever let it stop. And that this goes collectively as a church that I believe we are doing, but may I encourage us collectively to continue to contend for the faith. But then how about you personally? How are you doing in your personal life when it comes to contending for the faith? It is so easy because I've had this happen multiple times in my life where I have allowed my Christian walk to become casual. And as you have a casual walk with God, you casually walk away from God. You cannot casually walk to God. You have to earnestly contend for that walking in the Spirit because it goes against our flesh. But have you become casual in your faith? Casual in your Bible reading? As I said this morning in Sunday school, one of the things we should do on a daily basis is read the Word of God. They searched the Scriptures daily, the Word of God says, Acts, I believe, 17.11, if I'm not mistaken. Have you become casual in your prayer life? Casual in your ministry. I know sometimes, for those that teach Sunday school, be careful not to become casual teaching your class. When you're teaching children and you already have a good knowledge of the Word of God, 
you can throw something together real quickly Saturday night or Sunday morning. And those kids may never know. But God does. And God died just as much for those children as he did for you. And the same goes for the Awana program, the bus ministry. May we earnestly contend, have that eagerness, have a true desire to be agonizingly serious about what we're doing. So where are you tonight with your personal contending for the faith? Has some casualness entered in? You've heard me say this before. When you become casual in your walk with God, casualties happen. It's just a byproduct of casualness when it comes to our spiritual walk. And so, as a church, may we contend, earnestly contend for the faith, as we have been doing. May by God's grace and mercy we continue to do so. May people look at us and say, those people know what they believe, but they love us nonetheless. They still love us and care about us. And for our personal walk, please get rid of the casualness and earnestly contend for the faith. Have a passion again for the Bible. Have a passion again for prayer. Have a passion again for your ministry. Have a passion about going to church. Have a passion about serving the Lord. Have a passion about witnessing. A passion about passing out tracts. Just a passion to be more like Christ and to serve Him. I pray that you're passionate tonight. As a church, I believe we are. But how about you as an individual? Where are you tonight? Let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you again for the opportunity to preach your word. Thank you for the instruction that we receive in Jude, the first four verses. Father, help us continue as a church to earnestly contend for the faith. But also personally, in our walk with you, help us contend for the faith earnestly. May we be passionate. And Father, there might be some here tonight that some casualness has entered into their spiritual walk. May they tonight make a decision that they're going to get rid of that casualness and by your grace and mercy, by your power, that they're going to become passionate once again about their walk with you. Father, there might be some in this room tonight that they don't even have the faith in Jesus Christ we're talking about. That they're uncertain of their eternal destiny. They don't even know if they're a child of God. I pray tonight, Father, through your spirit that you would work in their heart, that they would come and meet us at the front so that we can privately share with them through the word of God how they can know 100%, undeniably, that they are a child of God, that you are their Savior. I pray that you'll work in their hearts tonight. I pray your blessing on this church as we contend for the faith. Father, help us and work in people's hearts tonight. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to know more about Jesus and the subject preached on, please contact us at gospel at mygbcs.com or call us at 239-947-1285. God bless.